for episode number 11 of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio. I am your host, Mark Means. Dave Ferris is in our Western Reserve Radio studios in Struthers. The show is always presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee times in advance. Go to MillCreekMetroParks.org to book those tee times. Find us on Facebook to search for Western Reserve Digital Radio. Listen to all of our shows live by downloading the Live 365 app and the TuneIn app. Just search for Western Reserve Radio, or you can just simply go to WesternReserveRadio.com to hear all of our shows. The phone numbers are available for the second half of today's show, 330 307-4202. Coming up on today's show, we are joined by Brian Tonar, PGA Golf and Recreation Director for Mill Creek Metro Parks. He'll catch us up on everything going on recreationally, not only at the golf course, but around the park as well. Ryan will join us for the final couple of segments. We'll we'll talk a little NBA with him right in his wheelhouse. Are you disappointed the Cavs are not included in the resumption of the NBA season, is it a good idea for those eight teams that are not in the postseason, the tournament, the bubble in Orlando, if you will? We'll talk to Ryan about all of those things. And then we ask a very important question about Major League Baseball. Is MLB heading down a path where they could lose a good portion of their fan base if there's no baseball this year? And then include the fact that potentially, not too far down the road, we could be looking at a lockout or strike after next season is completed going into the 2022 year. And it's going to be a rough couple of years for Major League Baseball. Again, the phone numbers to join us as always, 330-707-4202 on episode number 11 of By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio. Don't forget the show is also available within a few hours after it's over in podcast form that you can go download. Just find any, whether it's Western Reserve social media or my social media, and you can find the show to download, listen to it on your convenience. Had a chance to talk to some of the Cobras front office after having the uh, having the GDFL CEO on the show last week, they are hoping to be playing some football at some point this year. Only time will tell if that is going to be. We'll be right back. This is Voice of the Phantoms, Matt Lipsack, and you're listening to Western Reserve Radio. By all means, continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee times in advance. Go to MillCreekMetroParks.org. Speaking of Mill Creek Metro Parks, our buddy Brian Tonar, who is the Director of Golf and Recreation for Mill Creek Metro Parks, is on the phone. And, and a busy day for you today, Brian. <laughs> Absolutely was. It, uh, it started off with our uh, leagues being back here and ready to go, and then we had a little power outage this afternoon, blew out a sonic wall when it kicked back on, but we've got everything up and running. Fortunately, we got a great team here, and uh, we, we skated through it pretty good. So tell me, how have your guests coming out to the golf course, how have they adjusted to the new normal of golfing during a pandemic? Well, we shut down for about, I want to say about six weeks. Uh, we opened up, we were open for about six days. We reopened on May the 2nd, um, and, and basically under COVID restrictions. 
um, all employees are required to wear masks, so we, you know, that's a little bit different. Um, the way that people come in the building, we have two sets of doors open, one open for the restaurant, one open for the golf course, uh, payment payment for greens fees. Basically, we've got arrows. We're under the 10-person uh, maximum restrictions with social distancing. We put uh, um, a number of signage as you walk in the facility on our leaderboard. Uh, when you come in from the parking lot, uh, golf outings have all been basically canceled to the latter half of the year. And we're hopeful that we'll get those kick-started here in, in July. Uh, pushed a lot of events from April, May, and June into July, September, and October. Uh, just been a, a, a busy uh, adjustment time period for the staff. Our AJGA tournament, which we would normally be holding this week, has moved to September. It went from a five-day event down to a three. Um, just a lot of juggling from top to bottom on the golf course. You'll, we're encouraging folks to take uh, single carts out um, for league golfers and just regular recreational golfers. If you live uh, in the same household as another and you drove here with them, we're allowing you to ride together. Uh, but basically just try and keep people separated. The driving range just reopened on Wednesday with 10 people maximum social distancing. We're hoping that that's going to lift for a little bit uh, wider because we could fit about 20 people on our on our driving range. On the golf course, a little bit different. We have our ball washers have been removed. Uh, common you know, places where people would be touching, like the flag pole, where uh, all flags are to stay in the hole. We put uh, foam discs in the bottom so the ball just goes in the hole, doesn't go all the way down, so we don't have all that hand traffic in there. The bunkers that we just had redone, we removed all the rakes. We're encouraging folks to uh, rake the bunkers with their feet. Um, basically, just you know, don't give handshakes at the end of your round, which we're not accustomed to as as, a, as golfers. Um, things of that nature. Really enforcing the social distancing when you're standing on a tee with your foursome, give, giving your guys some space. So it's been a, a juggling act from that standpoint, getting everybody acclimated. Um, like I tell everybody, you know, and our, our staff, the first two weeks that we were open, a lot of the customers were coming in with masks. I think uh, a lot of them have checked out the last two weeks of, of this. Um, so we're, you know, obviously staff are still in them. We've got uh, plexiglass barriers in both our whole 55 restaurant and the pro shop. Kind of feels like you're working a 7-Eleven at times. But uh, <laughs> anything that we're doing, we're just basically really trying to uh, – Use extreme caution. You know, safety is the number one priority, not only for the customers but our staff as well. Um, sanitizing the golf carts, washing the golf carts. You know, probably five times more than we ever ever would. Um, just all the staff has adjusted extremely well. You know, retail sales in the pro shop had to wait until the 12th of May, so we were behind a little bit there. But, you know, from a, um excitement level, uh, our weekends have never been busier. Uh, Golf League started here in the month of June. Uh, they're just getting basically a, a second week under their belt. And the, you know, the popularity of the game of golf, not only here at our main golf courses and the driving range since it's been open, and our par three golf course has been really through the roof. Um, you know, normally on a on a weekend for us, you know, we have tee times from about six thirty till about two thirty in the afternoon, and then we have about open play, you know, for the rest of the evening. And what we found is we've had tee times from six thirty in the morning all the way until about a quarter after six in the evening. 
you know, it's tough to juggle some open play to, to squeeze in there. We do our best and, and manage the tee the best we can. But, you know, it seems like more people are coming out. More people just want to get out of the house. Um, I think they all have cabin fever. And, you know, so so did we, you know, being hunkered down here for a, a couple weeks and you know, a, a couple months, actually. Um, till we till we got things rolling here, so it's great to see people, and it's great to get the golfers back out there, and it's great to give them a forum to uh, to relax a little bit. I mean, it's it's stressful times, and you know, health is you know first and foremost with everybody, and, and making sure that you stay on the planet is is paramount. But uh, giving them a venue to blow off some steam, so to speak, um, we're happy to see people again, and we're happy to get the the leagues underway, and hopefully. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll be lifting some of the restrictions for the golf outings, and we'll start those back up here in July as well. Well, Brian, it definitely sounds like you've been busy since you opened back up at the beginning of May. But if there's a there's a couple people out there that are listening and they're not sure, you know, is it completely safe for me to come out and play? You just kind of ran down all the things that you're doing by there's, there's no doubt. If you want to come out and play, it's safe to come to Mill Creek and play your two great courses. Absolutely, we've we've taken you know a, a, a pretty conservative approach on spending the time doing our research, uh, coming up with the signage, coming up with the paperwork, and you know the same things when when folks come out and they jump on the golf cart. There's a sanitation tag on there saying this cart's been washed, it's been cleaned, trash has been emptied, and it's also been sanitized, so it's safe for play. You know, just small things like that. You know, we really put a lot of time and effort. You know, working with the uh, the local health uh, organizations and, and the CDC and the governor's office on making sure that we're on the up and up. And again, our, our goal is number one, safety. And, and I think we've been able to accomplish that. Uh, one of the few golf courses in the area that hasn't been shut down for any any violations. Uh, a couple of them had, had gotten shut down here in the past uh in three to four weeks, the course of a month that had opened. Um, so we obviously want to stay out of the newspaper. It's That's number one. But we want to make sure that we're doing things the right way and giving everybody the advantage of coming to a facility that's very safe, very clean, uh, always user-friendly. And, and, you know, from a customer service standpoint, we want to provide the best for what we, what we have to offer. And, and our staff really, you know, puts a lot of effort in making sure that we go the extra mile to keep people safe and, and give them a forum to come out and play. So we're excited about that. You know, watching the golf course social media, it seems like that you've done a great job kind of reinforcing everyone that's coming out, you know, thanking them for following the protocols and doing the the right thing. It just it helps everyone out because it, it's easier for you and your staff to do your job. It's easier for people to come out and play, and it makes for a much more uh, entertaining and fun time to get out and play around and kind of forget about some of those other things that are going on in the world right now. It is. I'll tell you what, that was probably one of the things from our standpoint that was very eye-opening on how well the people listened and on how well the people followed the direction and the rules and and the procedures that we had outlined. And, you know, if we can thank them, we we try to do that on our social media outlets, but, you know, we want to keep everybody, we want to get the facility number one to stay open. You know, they can, a health department can come in here and they can shut you down immediately. They can shut you down for an extended period of time, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had that. Um, and we've had the health department officials here and, and everything that looks good. Our signage and our floor stamping has been extremely well. And, and the fact that everybody here in the Mahoning Valley has listened to the rules, and the procedures, 
has given us the opportunity to continually stay open and giving, you know, basically them a forum to come out. And I, and that was the one thing that I was, was shocked because I mean, once they leave the door and they get on the golf course, you know, you kind of don't see them and what they're doing out there. But I mean, every once in a while we jump in a cart and we buzz around, but I mean, it is unbelievable how well, uh, the, the customers are taking the precautions and following the procedures. I mean, it's it's been extraordinary, and we can't thank them enough because they give us the opportunity to be open. If if they don't do that, you know, we we don't have the forum to give them for an outlet to play. But it's been it's been unbelievable. Even in the little time that we were we were closed down, this, you know, the weeks that we were closed down, you know, we opened the golf course up for walkers, and we basically told them, you know, the, the uh, maintenance staff is out there preparing the golf course. You know, you're welcome to ride your bike, to hike, to jog, to do whatever you want. Please stay on the cart paths. And between 3 o'clock and about 7 o'clock, there was so much traffic on our east uh, golf trailway. We had everybody over here, probably three to 500 Brian, people out walking in the evening. It's been up against the break. We'll have to talk to you again real soon. We'll be right back with more By All Means on Western Reserve Radio. By all means, continues here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee times in advance by going to millcreekmetroparks.org. Big thank you to Director of Golf and Recreation, Brian Tonar. He'll join us in a couple weeks to keep you updated on everything going on out at Mill Creek. Well, Ryan, are you disappointed the Cavs won't be part of the bubble uh, in Orlando here in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I actually wanted to see them play a few games, but I'm not sure what's going on. But I did see that uh, Coach Bickerstaff was sort of alluding to the fact that they're trying to come up with something to maybe have the other eight teams that were not invited to the 22-team tournament. Maybe to do something, maybe do some scrimmaging, uh, because I guess his concern is that it makes sense that you know, we're trying to put a team together and figure out who works together, who doesn't. And realistically, the last game they played, I think, was the one I was at, which was, no, it was the second to the last one that they played. And that was, what, the first week of March? And they haven't played right. since. And then you're asking them not to play again until December. So I, it'd be nice to see something. There are, according to Woj, and when it comes to ESPN, or when it comes to the NBA, you know, Woj from ESPN has got it locked down. There's four potential different ways they could go about it. One includes a series of workouts for two weeks in July that would take place concurrently with the training camps in Orlando. Some of the workouts would be voluntary, while others would be considered mandatory, depending on when they are. That's the first option. Two would be regional mini camps that would include joint practices between teams in close proximity to each other. And they would include a series of approximately three televised games. So there you go. That's a good option for us to be at home. And <laughs> I like that one already. <laughs> organized team activities in September or the ability to start next year's training camp seven to ten days before all of the teams in Orlando. So it could be a combination of all of those. But if I could watch more NBA games right now, especially my team, I'm all about it. Yeah, and you know what? The Cavs actually were starting to put it together a little bit. Uh, I think Bickerstaff went, what, he was four and five as the coach, and really they were starting to look like an NBA team. There were things to like. It looked like Andre Drummond fit in well and put everybody where they should be position-wise. Colin Sexton was starting to play almost like an all-star. Kevin Love seemed happy again. 
Uh, Porter Jr. was providing a lot of excitement, looking like, you know, he could have been a steal at the end of the first round. Uh, Garland, you know, probably a little bit lagging behind the other two guys, but still, you know, a lot to like there. Uh, I I was kind of excited to see where this Cavs team was going. I thought maybe finally they were starting to head in the right direction. So it was almost a shame to not see the last 20 games of the year. So I I don't know which plan makes the most sense. You know, I'm going to be partial to the TV one, obviously. But I I just, you know, I I wouldn't mind seeing him again just because I was kind of feeling – I'm not saying they were going to make a run to the finals or anything, but, you know, maybe next year they were looking like they could challenge for a low playoff seed. So I I wouldn't mind seeing them on the court again because we have to make some roster decisions coming up anyway. And, you know, isn't it the way they restructured the draft last year or the year before? Aren't they guaranteed at least a top three pick with the way their record is currently? Was it three or five? Because didn't last year we have, like, we were tied for the best chance to get the top pick and we ended up with fifth? It might be fifth, but... I don't even think we're... I don't even think they do it where you're guaranteed that top three spot like a couple years ago. I think last year was the first year you only got a top five. It's interesting, too, because, I mean, we don't really know a lot. I mean, it's been a long time since there's been a college basketball game, so you kind of forget. There's some interesting options out there. Anthony Edwards, the guard from Georgia. Obi Toppin, who I'm a little bit partial to, the power forward from Dayton. And a lot of people love LaMelo Ball's game as, you know, listed as an international prospect since he didn't play any college ball this past year. Yeah, it's an interesting draft because like you said you haven't seen college basketball we didn't get a tournament or anything and usually the tournaments where you see some guys separate themselves and really improve their draft stock or or you know go in the wrong direction uh it it's just one of those drafts where it doesn't look like to me there is a clear-cut number one like last year with zion williamson and uh even last year you know god john morant was number two easily and rj barrett you had three guys that kind of were going to fall into that those places i don't know about this year um i i don't know what the Cavs should do i like Toppin. I, I don't know can he play any three or is he strictly a four because a three would be nice i mean he's six nine two twenty and they list him at a power forward i don't know uh, i'll be honest i didn't watch a lot of dayton basketball so i don't know much about his jump shot yeah i don't know about like his you know if, if you have him listed as a four, that would tell me maybe he's not athletic enough possibly to pay, play the three position. Well, I'll tell you, according to NBADraft.net, on a 10 scale, 10 being the, the best and one being the worst, they list his jump shot as an eight. Okay, well, that's definitely good enough. <laughs> now, I mean, if you could make him – and, the, you know, the way the NBA is now kind of going in more that traditional – or untraditional route of positionless basketball. I mean, would it really hurt to have another six nine wing on the floor with our guys? Especially, you know, right now our backcourt's pretty small. So I don't know what you would do. Would you maybe go that route just in case, you know, he could maybe be a little bit of a three four hybrid until you figure out if Kevin Love's gonna stick around or not? Or because you did draft uh two guys, two point guards basically that are under six two would you take a LaMelo ball, who I believe he's what, like 6'8", six, 6'8"? Six, he's huge, isn't he? He's he's big. Yeah, he, he's big. He's definitely big. He could be a three, potentially. 
Yeah, I mean, or would you just do something like that and then you could say, look, you know, we're going to bring Garland off the bench or something like that? Because, you know, I was all in favor of Sexton coming off the bench for a long time, but the way he was playing towards the end of the year, I don't see how you could do that with him. But I definitely could see Garland being a guy that needs some more time to develop and bringing him off the bench. And then really, you have LaMelo and you have Sexton back there and then you have, you know, let's say you can bring in a three, even though Jetty Osmond's not exactly uh, the shortest guy out there. I just don't think he's really a starter. And then, you know, your front court, you have Drummond and Kevin Love, and all of a sudden you're you're kind of a pretty put-together NBA team size-wise. Yeah, I mean, for having a small backcourt, that would definitely, you know, lengthen the whole team. And you know me, I, I love comps. So here's the comp for Obi Toppin. Kenyon Martin or Sean Marion? Not bad either oh. way. <laughs> it'd be fun to have another Sean Marion. We get a, you know, we had him when he was, you know, ten years past his prime for a season. But it would be, I, I would take that. Who do they have on uh, Lamelo Ball? Are you looking at the website now? Oh yeah, let's see. Who do they have compared to? Um, well, we got the blazing fast internet going here, so let's see. I mean, and he's an interesting guy because people don't know a lot about uh, Sean Livingston. Is the comparison another former Cav? Okay, like Sean Livingston pre-knee injury or post? That's what that would be important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they say, uh, you know, Lomelo's a 6'6 point guard with good size, length, uh, especially for the position, can shoot off the catch or dribble. Uh, he shot from the three-point line to develop a little bit. Hmm. Sounds so familiar much to some other guards we drafted. <laughs> yeah, it does. So it kind of sounds like to me that you know, you're really going to have to do your homework for this draft because no matter what pick you end up with, you know, one's obviously the best because you'll get whoever's ranked number one on your board. But, I mean, do you really think there's a big difference in this draft between, let's say, you know, one through the third or fourth player there? I mean, a lot of people really like Anthony Edwards, 6'5", shooting guard out of, out of Georgia. And his comparison, not bad either, Dwayne Wade or Donovan Mitchell. Well, then maybe we should just draft him because <laughs> the names he's being compared to seem to be a lot better than Sean Livingston. <laughs> so, I don't know. The draft isn't going to be until when? It's They're doing the lottery in August, I think, and then maybe having the draft, is it in September or October? Yeah, I think they moved it to September because you know, let's get some games played first. Yeah, we should probably finish the season before we're. I guess though, as Cavs fans, we're we're not. You know, we're already look. We're doing what we're normally doing around this time, which is looking for next year anyway. So, do you think it's a good? I mean, take your fandom out and the fact that you want to watch games is a good idea for these eight teams to kind of get together and play. Because if you don't play against other NBA talent for that long, and the year begins in December, you're going March to December without any real good NBA competition. That's a long time. Yeah, and I guess, you know, and a lot of guys, usually over the summer, after the finals, which would probably be going on right about now, or getting close to geared up, I, I'd assume they'd be going on now. You know, a lot of these guys, they either go play in rec leagues or things like that in the summer, and then all the young players, you know, rookies, first year, second, some even second year players, you know, they'll go down to uh, the, the summer leagues, whether it's Orlando, Vegas. So there would always be places to, you know, keep your keep your game going whether it was for veterans or younger players all summer long 
And now you don't really have that option. So I guess it might be a good idea for those other eight teams, especially if you're a young team like Cleveland, Atlanta, where you have all these young players. You know, you still have to worry about developing them. So this might be really the only chance some of these players on those other eight teams have the opportunity to you know play any kind of basketball so it's not an ideal situation but i don't think guys can go from march until who knows when in december without playing any type of nba scrimmage or game or anything like that we are coming up on a break here shortly you're listening to by all means here on western reserve radio brought to you by milk creek golf course book your tea time in advance by going to milkcreekmetroparks.org when we come back we'll turn to the one league that can't figure out exactly what they're doing the nhl has a plan the nba has a plan major league baseball they have no plan, and it's getting later and later for them to start the season. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. If you want to join us, pick up the phone now and call 330-707-4202. It's by all means. Mark Means, Ryan Alessio. We're right back with you after this timeout on Western Reserve Radio. Listening to Western Reserve Radio on WesternReserveRadio.com. Means continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Milk Creek Golf Course. Mark and Ryan with you. Give us a call, 330-707-4202. Ryan, I figured beginning of the segment we might go a little off script, and I'd like you to uh, break down the top ten prospects in tomorrow's Major League Baseball draft for us. (laughs) Well... Hold on here. Let me get the old internet going. <laughs> you know, I'll be completely honest with you. I couldn't even tell you one of those top ten. I just know the draft is tomorrow, and it's on TV if you're really looking for something to watch. Uh, you know what? At this point, I might watch some of it. It could be the only baseball anything I see this year. I just I, – I, every time – and it's almost sad because I pretty much stop following any Major League Baseball news because it seems like every headline starts to say – it starts with – players or owner or players reject and then you know insert whatever was there i just and you know you're you're more in tune with uh, what's going on with baseball than i am i just i don't even know where they're at every time i look there's a different amount of games proposed a different amount of playoff teams propo- proposed and they they you know poo poo on that and i'm reading about how they might have to pull that emergency card where they can play like a 40 or 50 game season can you tell me what's going on with baseball you know what? There was when we talked last week. The that group with the owners and the league, they were, we're not going to propose anything. You know, we're done at this point. If you want to talk, we can talk. They actually did make a proposal yesterday that I think was a 76 game season, and 75 percent of the money they were promised back in March, the prorated money, and it looks like the players rejected that yesterday as well. So it, it's one of those and. It's tough because 
there, there's so many different angles. Like I watch one interview and it's, oh, it's the owners. I watch another interview. It's the players. They just, they want their money, whether they're, it's a full season or not. Like the problem is it's going to come down to it where I think if the public wants to point out and blame one side or the other, I think it's going to be the players because, oh, instead of making $10 million this year, you're only going to make or like the average person can't can't relate to somebody that's taking a six million dollar pay cut they're like well you're still getting four what the hell's wrong with that well is it for those players or are they trying to do it because i believe you know the vast majority of baseball averages about a three million dollar salary are they doing it that way because they want to protect the guys which is the you know the bulk of their league who don't have those big contracts it, it seems to be that, that that's part of it because, I mean, like you look at the draft today or tomorrow, excuse me, after the first five rounds, you can sign as many free agents as you want for $20,000. If you're a sixth round pick, you're probably making, you know, in, in the, you know a realm that's a lot higher than that. So this whole thing is going to have residual effects on baseball for years to come with depleted farm systems. The fact that the fan base could just be like, well, to hell with you. Because think about it. If the baseball season were to be played this year, you're probably looking at early August before they're able to actually play regular season games at this point. By then, you're getting into NFL training camp, hopefully. You're getting into college football camp and hopefully starting the season at the end of August. You got the NBA going on and everything that they're doing with their playoffs in the NHL. Baseball that's struggling already is going to be fighting for viewers to even watch their sport at that point with everything else going on. Do you worry about this having a, a really long-lasting effect on baseball? I mean, I can remember back to when they went on strike in 94. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though for us locally, you know, the Indians really took off in that, you know, 95 to 01, 02 range. But really those first couple years, you know, were a little bit rough for the majority of baseball. And I don't think it really got sparked again until a few years after the fact when McGuire and Sosa had the big home run chase which kind of brought everybody back in because you had, you know, this, this historical event taking place between these two players. And do you worry that if, let's say, the worst-case scenario, they, they can't get a season going or they just do that short 50-game season and it's it's really, you know, you can tell that it's kind of just thrown together and it, the plan isn't great. I mean, do you really fear that it could hurt baseball long-term? Oh, I really do because if say they have that short year or they don't play, and you got a fact that the you know the agreement between the players and owners is expiring here in the not too distant future, so you're looking at the potential of a a lockout or a strike coming up in the next couple years as well. You're going to be longing longing for the days when we were complaining that only twelve or fifteen thousand were showing up to an Indians game because that number is going to drop to probably between eight and. 10,000 if all this garbage off the field continues yeah but I mean what would that say for teams like the Indians or I don't know you know you could pick any other type of team maybe the Brewers that you know usually get great attendance and they have for decades which allows them to spend some money or a team like the Royals or the White Sox I mean what will that say for teams that already depend on you know how many tickets are sold and things like that to keep their franchise going i mean you wouldn't think down the road we would see anything crazy happen like you lose a team do you 
with baseball, I honestly, that was what I was thinking when you were talking there. You never know. I mean, you look at uh, a team like Pittsburgh that lives by the revenue of fans coming through the turnstiles to their ballpark where they need, you know, a million, a million five fans to be, you know, I would not profitable, but, you know, financially, you know, on a good level. Look at a team like Oakland, you know, during the current pandemic, they weren't even actually able to make a payment on the ballpark that they don't own that they rent they weren't able to make that payment early on in in april there's a lot of baseball teams that are really hurting and there's other teams you know like i look at tampa and i think you know if there's baseball this year tampa is a team to look out for but nobody goes how do you keep a franchise like that afloat when nobody goes to the ballpark in Tampa? There could be a few teams that could really be in trouble in the next couple of years. Yeah, and you don't want to see anything like that. I mean, you don't want to see a team retract or anything because that just puts how many people, players, coaches, stadium. I mean, you know how many people lose their jobs. I mean, if there's no baseball in Tampa, although, yes, maybe only a few thousand people are going to games, but there's 25 players that don't have spots now there's how many managers coaches that don't have spots employees of the stadium employees of the team uh vendors that rely on merchandise i mean you you lose a team you probably cost what a couple thousand people employment maybe more yeah i mean think about the the notice the indians put out to their over a thousand uh, you know game day employees that they were on a permanent layoff over the last week to 10 days that aren't going to have that work that they were expecting it it affects the restaurants around the ballpark it affects you know the guy selling peanuts on the corner of east ninth in ontario that i know you know who i'm talking about if I you head into the ballpark <laughs> yes i do i get my peanuts and water for one dollar each <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. Same exact spot. I mean, with the guys that work the parking lots, it, there's a lot of effect that that is going to have. And I mean, I know it's probably a conversation for another day, but back when baseball expanded and they added the Marlins, the Rays, the Rockies, you know, the, the expansion teams that they added along the way. I thought baseball overexpanded and added too many teams and not only did it water down the play, but now you see it's affecting that some of these teams uh, aren't financially viable or might not be financially viable. Even had we not had the current situation where there's no fans and, and no baseball, there's still some of these teams that would be struggling to stay afloat. So what would be the answer? I mean, what other than is it just as simple as the players want 100 percent of their money? I mean, what what would what do you think needs to happen for them to actually get to an agreement or at least on the same page enough that they can work on something? I mean, it seems like to me they can't even get on the same chapter, if you will. You know, and it's been, and whether it's, you know, now or 1994 or go back into the 70s, the players' union and the owners have really, have never seen eye to eye, you know, because no. there's so many different things. Like, you know, the players want the owners to open up their books and show them what they're making, and they don't have to do that. So the players are then like, well, you know, you're making more money than you're letting on to us, so we're not getting our fair share. So it, it's one of those where, the next couple of years are really going to be make or break for the future of Major League Baseball. And we're not even talking about three-and-a-half-hour games. We're talking about Major League Baseball and the way we know it going forward. 
Well, I hope they figure something out. I, I mean, baseball just, it always seems like they get caught up in amongst themselves between the players and owners. And it just seems like to me, outside of the NHL, you know, but the NHL is a distant fourth. I mean, you can also, you can argue that NASCAR and other things are more popular than hockey, even though I don't want to hear that. But I mean, it, it's just, it, it always seems to me that there's always something going on in baseball where you have this great game, you have this historic game, the nation's pastime, all this history behind it, all these players. And for some reason, there's always struggle to be on the same page. And you're always looking at a strike and you're always looking at something. And it's just, it would be nice if they could take a page from the other sports and say, look, this this is an ideal. You know, no, nobody saw this coming. This wasn't what we planned for. And yes, everything's going to be completely ridiculous and outside the box thinking. But I just, it's crazy to me that they can't even... Like, I don't remember. Do you remember the NHL or NBA or anybody having this much trouble? It seemed like once they kind of got the feeling that they would be able to play, they, they quickly put together something mm-hmm. in baseball. I, and they haven't even played a game yet. Like two leagues that have played the majority of their regular season were and were heading into the postseason figured something out. And the, and the league that hasn't even played a regular season game can't do it. I mean, the only one that I know of that had a little bit of an issue was of Major League Soccer. They extended their negotiations by a day, and then, you know, pretty much in the 11th hour, were able to work everything out for that sport to continue. But I, I have one question for you here, real quick. We got about three minutes left before the break. Has there been a sport that you wouldn't normally watch, whether it's live, YouTube, whatever, that you've gone to to watch? now just because it's live or it's there for you to watch you know what actually no other than the the, the baseball from either mm-hmm. korea or some other things like that i have not watched nascar i have not watched i, I did watch some of the golf with you know tiger and uh peyton versus tom and uh, phil did watch some of that but here's what happened one they actually in wwe put their trainees around the ring so there's like 40 mm-hmm. or so people now so wrestling, although not nearly as cool as it once was, having the people around and that being on three nights a week still, it's actually made it a little bit better as to where I'm not completely losing my mind looking for some sort of sporting event. You know, it's one of the, I've I've watched the KBO games, but I I've kind of drifted away from them lately just because it's. I mean, I'm not going to. Is be it making you mad? It, it, it's making me mad. Like I watch them and I go, we should, I should be watching the Indians. Like there should not be right. this, this stuff between the owners and the players. Like all these other leagues around the world figured it out pretty quickly. And now, honestly, when I watch KBO, I just get mad. I'm not watching the Indians because I feel like one, I should at least know something. The one thing that's made me mad is the fact that you see teams tweeting out like the, the simulated seasons that they're doing and the Indians in the simulated uh, MLB the show year are absolutely dominant. And when I watch <laughs> those video highlights, that's what really I'm like. I should be watching the real team and not a video game, even though I like playing that video game. Ryan, we are up against a break. We'll do it again next week. Hopefully we'll have some headway with Major League Baseball, and maybe we'll know if the Cavs are going to be playing on TV anytime soon. That could be fun. Yes, it would be. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you next week. Ryan Alessio joining us from Cleveland. We are up against a break here in just a few minutes when we come back. We'll preview what's coming up on next week's show.
courses now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new car paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. It is time to put a wraps on the 11th episode of By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book your tee time in advance by going to MillCreekMetroParks.org. Big thank you to Brian Tonar, Director of Golf and Recreation at Mill Creek Metro Parks, for checking in with us, telling us all the procedures and how things are going out at the golf course. If you have time, Make sure to head on out there and get a round in and just have a chance to relax and enjoy the beauty that is Mill Creek Metro Parks. But again, go to MillCreekMetroParks.org. Book that tee time in advance. That way you're ready to uh, head out onto the range once you check in at Mill Creek Golf Course for either one of those uh, Donald Ross Championship Design courses coming up next week we're going to talk a little baseball but we're going to go back into the history of baseball not necessarily in the valley but the history of the game itself we're going to talk to uh, my longtime friend greg goulis who's done a lot of different things in sports in the valley greg is involved in the committee uh, that is bringing a statue of shotgun shuba to the valley Shotgun Shuba was involved in a very famous picture 74 years ago, 75 years coming up in April of next year with Jackie Robinson, and he'll update us on that statue uh, as it's set to come to the Valley sometime in April of 2021. It will be in the area, if you're familiar with it, between the new outdoor amphitheater uh, in that parking area and the, the walking path from the Cavelli over to the uh, outdoor amphitheaters where that statue is going to go. As always, a big thank you to the executive producer, Dave Ferris, back at our Western Reserve Studios in Struthers. Ryan Alessio for joining me as he does every week from his home in Cleveland. I'm your host, Mark Means, of course, from my home here in the Niles area. We will talk to everyone next week. You've been listening to By All Means, presented by Milk Creek Golf Course, right here on Western Reserve Radio.